0: Um, but i think just knowing and having it in your mind that like this could happen it
1: changes the way you operate your job welcome back to women at work a podcast by pro remodeler and pro builder magazines highlighting standout women in residential construction i'm caroline broderick your co-host and managing editor for pro remodeler today i welcome allison case anderson to discuss a topic she's well versed in and quite passionate about client red flags
0: I am Allison Anderson, I'm the founder and CEO of Integro Builders, and we are based in Chicago and Western Michigan.
1: Welcome, Allison, and thank you for joining me today. Oh, thanks for having me. So excited. So, before we hop into the topic of client red flags, how about we start a little further back? So, can you share um, a brief background on your company, Integro Builders? Sure. So uh, I've had my company for, I
0: cannot believe it, um, almost 10 years now. I started uh, my company because I hired a terrible contractor. And so I became a contractor. And uh, the rest has really been history. But essentially, uh, we're a custom builder. And all of our projects are led by architects and interior designers and so we build and so we focus on residential homes um, usually major renovations and
1: historical restorations in chicagoland so our topic today client red flag so early signs can be quite revealing they should probably be listened to but they aren't always so do you find that it's common for remodelers to maybe disregard some of those early troubling signs?
0: Yes, I think that there is a lot of incentive in both directions, both from the client and, and a construction company to overlook what are pretty obvious red flags in the beginning. You know, everyone wants to be optimistic, everyone wants the project to move forward uh, for different reasons. And so I think that identifying the red flags and acting on them is a huge challenge in the industry.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure you've learned through experience as well. So talk to me maybe about some of those early signs of a potentially challenging client. It's
0: amazing what you can find out in the first meeting. There are plenty of questions that you can ask as a builder that will tell you a lot. There's nothing wrong with asking them, uh, how many contractors are you talking to? If they say, oh, I'm talking to three or two, well, that's a, probably a pretty good client, right? That's someone who's not commoditizing the trades. If they come in and they say, oh, we're talking to a lot of contractors and they say it to you like that. There's two things that that's communicating. First of all, it's communicating that they're commoditizing the trades that they consider seven to 10 builders to be equal uh, in and of and amongst each other, uh, which I don't like. And the second thing is that they are not respectful of our time. And it's a huge sign of entitlement and a lack of respect for what we do. Um, It's also in the way that they communicate to you. You know, are they talking down to you? Are they um, talking to you like they're worried you're, you know, they don't, they don't want to give anything away. They're holding things really tight to their chest because, you know, they, they think that you're going to give them a high price if you, if you know that they have money. And then also you always want to have a hard conversation in that first meeting. Um, And it's very easy because construction is just full of hard conversations. So, you know, it's like budget and schedule. That's what it always comes down to. What's the budget? What's the schedule? And um, I do not shy away from budget. Uh, You know, I put it right on our website. It's 250 to 350 a square foot. You have a two flat conversion. If you're renovating the first two floors, it's 1,100 square feet per floor. You're at 500,000. We're touching the basement, which we always are. You're going to be somewhere between 800 and a million. Is that your budget? See how they respond. If people respond viscerally to you, it's a bad situation. Um, If people are like, well, that's more because that's what everyone says. <laughs> well, that's more than we were thinking, or that's generally within range. Um, Same thing with schedule, you know, that it's a typical question you get. But yeah, how long do you think this is going to take? I think it's going to take know 16 to 20 weeks it's a new construction garage right and they're like 16 to 20 weeks this can't this thing be built in four weeks and whatever and it's okay if the clients are uneducated or that they don't have the budget or um they weren't expecting that budget or they expect the schedule to be different all that's okay what you're trying to gauge is how they respond and are they listening to me you know are they Are they, are we having a conversation or are they talking at me or are they being defensive? Um, And how are they being with each other? Because often you're dealing with a couple. Um, How are they acting towards each other in the face of something that maybe isn't as positive? And these are all things I'm trying to vet in the beginning because it's amazing what people will show you.
1: And so you actually presented this topic at a recent event and you broke it down, the clients, you broke them down to kind of four types of red flag clients. So maybe you can touch on a couple of those and elaborate for us.
0: Yeah, so, you know, obviously, everybody's a unique and special snowflake um, i'm not trying to stereotype anybody uh, but from a contractual standpoint um, when i'm drafting my gc agreement i am i am focusing on four kind of categorical areas that we're trying to protect ourselves from and it really just comes from 10 years of working on projects um, and lessons learned uh, not to say that over 10 years we have a bunch of projects that went south but there's always the emotional roller coaster of the project. And um, it does help as a builder to know that you're protected contractually from some of the things that have occurred um, or had the potential of occurring uh, that I lost sleep over. So I would say um, the two biggest ones are number one, the ignoramus. Clients and homeowners do not read GC agreements. I don't know why, It blows my mind. It happens all the time. It doesn't matter if the contract is two pages long or if it's 30 pages long. Whenever someone signs that DocuSign two seconds after I have sent it and we have not had any prior conversation or discussion about the GC agreement, to me, that is a huge red flag um, because these are people that do not understand their contract and potentially don't care about it. It doesn't mean that they're bad people or that they're nefarious in any way. It just means that when the um, proverbial, you know, the proverbial stuff hits the fan, um, or when things are getting difficult, or when they're delayed in making decisions, or when this, that, or the other happens, they don't understand the rules of play. Especially when you're doing a, a remodeling project or a major renovation project, there are a lot of moving parts. There are a lot of people involved there's a lot of approvals that are necessary and um the ignoramus in my opinion is the most dangerous because these are often extremely friendly people and they're laid back and they're like we've hired the team we got the best team we trust you we trust the architect we trust the designer um and we know you guys are going to do great um, but they're also the people that when things happen or stressful things happen, they can turn on you in a dime. When people get confused, they get dangerous. Um, because, you know, they don't understand, they don't want to look stupid. Um, and they feel like they're being betrayed in some way, you know, so the ignoramus is a big one, it can hit in a lot of ways. And contractually, you really, really have to protect yourself, not only in the language of your contract, but in how you present it. You know, the other one is, is the entitled. Um, you know, we're working on very high end projects. Um, people are spending a lot of money, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And sometimes when they sign that contract, they feel like they owe they own you, you know, and they feel like there is, um, there's a lot of play and and what you're providing. And of course, when you are working on, you know, for us we work on multi-million dollar projects um and yes, there there is that factor. We are providing an experience, we are providing a service. Uh but there is we do have a contract for what we are responsible for and for the scope of work that we're doing. Um, you know, we try and be reasonable with it, but there are a lot of people that maybe not even in the scope of work, maybe they're okay with paying change orders for the scope of work, but the amount of time that they require for management, um, if they're not making decisions, or if they just want to have a two hour meeting to make any decision, or if they expect you to to be on site and at their beck and call, they're texting you at all hours of the day. Um, They're calling you on the weekends, they want to have meetings you know, on holidays, when they're in town, you know, things like that. These are the clients you have to look out for, because these are the clients that can really, if you ever ended up in a lawsuit, could really make you look a certain way. And you, you just really, you don't want that. And so I think those two clients, like the ignoramus and the entitled, you can get ahead of that and you can have a, a more positive experience um, but i think just knowing and having it in your mind that like this could happen it changes the way you operate your
1: job big thanks to allison for joining me today and thank you for listening but until next time keep the work up